0: Welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks Podcast, and guys, huh? that's all I have to say, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest game by any means, but you know, you gotta love the Warriors for fighting back in Game 3. But before we get into all of that, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by... I'm
1: Daniel Huin. There's there's a lot to say about this game.
0: And not joining us today is Jarrell Sales, really real Jarrell Sales. He's, uh, he's doing adult things. He'll be back next time, I hope. And it's just one of those things where life gets uh, its life. So we all understand it. But Daniel, you had a lot of things to say about game three. Four is yours.
1: Let's just say going into the series, I think I've, it's become clear. Um, I've completely underestimated the Boston Celtics. Uh, I always know knew that they were a talented team, but I didn't know they were going to drive the Warriors this crazy. Uh, going into the series, at first, uh, like I said before, you know, in the pre-finals talk, I thought the Boston Celtics were simply going to get curb stomped. This was the series is going to go to five games. Warriors were going to route them in five. Then, as then, before game one, all right, fine. This this team's going to get them to. They're going to drive the Warriors to six games. But after to after last night, I thought like, you know, um, pundits like Stephen A were absolutely crazy when he said seven. Now I believe, yeah, this series is most likely going to seven. I still think the Warriors got it, though. But yes, we're going to the wire. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I'm still holding out hope that it still ends in six. But the way that the Celtics played last night, it was very it's a. it reminded me of the 1991 Chicago Bulls, because if you recall, it was the um, the Los Angeles Lakers. They haven't been to the Lakers in so long, and then here comes this uh, young upstart, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and whoever else, right? And people were expecting the the Lakers to win that series, but then the Chicago Bulls dispatched the, the Lakers in five. Now, I'm not saying that the Celtics will dispatch the Warriors in five, but... Simply put, it could potentially happen because Curry and Thompson, right? The Splash Brothers had a great game, right? Fantastic. Yeah, they had 56 combined points. Andrew Wiggins did his thing, and we know G talks about Andrew Wiggins. If he gives anywhere between, what, 15 to 20 points, he's doing his job. But we can't let, we, the Warriors, the Warriors can't let Marcus Smart go off for 24 points, Right. If I remember, if I did the math right, Jason Tatum had 26, Jalen Brown had 27, Marcus Smart had 24. That is a, that oh, is a lot of points. Efforts. Yeah, that's a lot. And even though you know, the benchmark for, for the Celtics didn't really do too much with Grant Williams pitching in 10, if those three are clicking, the Warriors have to get some semblance of a three clicking because the big 3 that that we know that we're comfortable with clay curry and draymond two of those guys are showing up like don't get me wrong right after last game and you even said it you were, you said steve curry needs to have a talk with clay thompson and dude it worked right yes. he he had his probably his best shooting game of the series until game 6 but it's one of those things where they're Draymond Green is becoming more of a liability than anything else, right? Do you have anything to say about that?
1: The problem with Draymond is, I'm sure from a coach's perspective, he's giving some sort of impact, but speaking as a casual and an NBA fan, I don't feel Draymond's impact anywhere, defensively or offensively. Offensively, he's completely gone. Like, Might as well uh, file a missing persons report at the police. He's right. just not there. He's just not there. All he's, all you see of Draymond is just whining to the ref. He's, he's doing absolutely nothing. He's contributing zero, nada. It's, it's, it's like it's an obvious sign. Like this Draymond is not the Draymond of five years ago. He's just, he's just, like he's always been an annoying nuisance. But yeah. he, he's just, he's just mostly that to this point. He's just, there's no substance at all.
0: Yeah, at this point, going to your. Going to what you were saying, it's like he's become more of a detriment than an actual asset. Because according to StatMuse, Draymond in three games has as many fouls as points, more text than threes, more turnovers than baskets, and he's averaging five points, seven rebounds. He's averaging five, seven, and five on twenty-six percent shooting, zero percent from three, and fifty percent from free throw line. So. It's one of those things where, okay, what is going on? Because we talked about it after, was it after game one, where if you're Steve Kerr, you try to game plan to try and fit his, his style of play somewhere. But he's, if he's giving you almost next to nothing on offense and almost nothing on defense, because he's just talking all the time. If you're Steve Kerr, what do you do? Because for me, I would just say, dude. Like you have more podcast episodes in this final series than blocks. Yep. You need to focus right now is not the time to, to do a podcast after every game. We're playing for a championship lives. This could be our last hurrah. We need you to be you. Even at last year, like he was vocal. He was productive, most importantly. And he had that, that defensive intensity. We're just not seeing it this time. And it's very, it's very jarring as a Warrior fan to see how ineffective he's been. Like, yes, his defensive stats and whatever else. But even on that end, he fouled out yesterday. What, after like three and a half quarters or something?
1: Yeah. I mean, the Warriors as a whole struggled with fouls, but especially him, especially him.
0: Yeah. And the thing was, too, like, as you wrote down in the notes here, and thank you for that the warriors they were able to bring it to 83-82 after leading by or after being down double digits at the half so there was something there the third quarter mm-hmm. warriors were working because they outscored yes. the Celtics 33 to 25 so what if there's a if you're pulling this comeback if you're trying 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 and then one of your stars one of your big 3 just kind of like you know craps the bed like how do you account for that
1: it's, you know, going into the series, one of the things I did completely like scoff at the Boston Celtics immediately were, were their bigs. I didn't really think since we we live in a jump shooting league, I didn't think Boston's bigs were going to be that impactful, but they definitely are. They are one of the big reasons why the Celtics won last night was because they simply out hustled Golden State in the paint. They They completely dominated in the paint. And it's kind of related to, you know, Draymond Green just not showing up. They had what, like fifty something points in the paint compared to Golden State's like twenty six ish points 52 in the paint. Fifty
0: two points. Celtics had fifty two wars. Had twenty six.
1: Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. And there were and the Celtics completely, like, you know, completely obliterated the wars in second chance points. Mm-hmm. Near, especially in the fourth quarter, there were so many times where like, whoa, how is Boston getting this this many offensive rebounds? Like Golden State, get the ball, get the ball. If you keep letting them have the ball, they're gonna they're gonna eventually score. And it just it you know you talk about the third quarter comeback, Jared. You know there was obviously something there, but you know other factors like Draymond not being there, players committing too, too many fouls. I just think what happened was in the fourth quarter they were in the on the road for the first time in the series. They were in the hostile Boston crowd. I don't care what anyone says, what regardless of any sport, Boston sports teams especially in the playoffs their fan crowds are very intense it was very overwhelming in that building last night and i think what happened was but golden state more than anything they you know they just simply got tired out you could st- simply tell in their body language that you know these guys were uh, they were exhausted and that's where where i think that fourth quarter happened where they became very sloppy turnover prone and just, they could not they they just stopped hitting their shots So, if anything, last night, fatigue killed the Warriors.
0: Yeah, and just a few points before we get to your crowd point and the fourth quarter. So, the Celtics got 15 offensive rebounds to the Warriors' 6, and the Celtics outscored the Warriors' 22-11 in second chance points. So, like you mentioned, the size differential was just something else completely. And it just... if. Kevon Looney, as big as he is, he's just one dude, right? Yeah, not enough. He's not enough. He didn't even play in the fourth quarter. like, And that's that's kind of interesting because the Warriors went uber small because they had Jordan Poole, Curry, Thompson, Draymond, and Wiggins to be like the closing unit. But you got to get size in there, man. Like, You really have to get size because the Warriors shot 33% from the field in in the fourth and they shot 11 percent. they shot one of nine from the from the three-point land in the fourth Ab- quarter.
1: they were abnormally terrible from shooting last night it was kind of strange to see especially from three
0: yeah and i think it goes back to your point of one the kind of like the tiredness right the fatigue and then also the hostile crowd which if i if i just want to plug something in here real quick like You said that the, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Boston Celtics, Boston sports fans, they're very
1: rowdy. They're, they're a passionate bunch. You got to give it to them. I'm not a fan of any other teams, but you got to give it to them. They're, they're great fans.
0: Right. And there's, there's something to be said about being passionate, but also being a jerk because a lot of the players, I think Clay and Draymond spoke it spoke about and Steve Kerr, actually, they said about how. These fans were shouting obscenities at the players and they're shouting all of these horrible, nasty things with the players, families and their kids in the stands. And it's like, okay, well, I get it. You're into the game. You love the Celtics. You love whatever team. But tone it down a bit, because over the last few seasons, we've seen rowdy fans like fans spitting up players, throwing things at players, throwing beer,
1: throwing cups of water onto the court.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Spitting on Trey Young.
0: Yeah, right. Yes. so there's a lot of these like I get it sports great just tone it down a bit and I think as much as the players don't want to say anything about that maybe that might have something to do with how poorly they played in the fourth because like you said fatigue yes. and just and it gets and, to you yeah it gets to you it, like after a while like people can say oh no it doesn't bother me but oh yeah well. yeah no after a while just that constant like it's like a woodpecker right yes <laughs> And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, stop, you know, obviously they're not going to say it because they're, they're better than most people, but it is what it is, right? Like it is one of those things where you just have to take that into account, no matter what people say. But speaking of what people say, what did you have to say about the, the first half? What did you see in the first half? that kind of, in a way, set the tone for, for the rest of the game, because, they the celtics won the basically won the first half handedly
1: i think that's where the warriors mostly won they they mostly lost the game in the first half they they did so poorly in the first half that they set incredible like sky high like expectations in the second half which they couldn't live up to what boston did right in the first half was they came out simply simply put it's not rocket science. they came out aggressive they came out with a lot of energy they fed they let the crowd fed into their. Into to their composure th- throughout the game. So, I mean, especially, let's just put it, Jalen Brown is probably my MVP for Boston last night. Mm-hmm. He scored around 24 points, but every time Golden State seemed to come back, try to counter, Jalen ba- Brown and the Boston Celtics were right back to give another counterattack. Get, you know, it happened multiple times throughout the game. Jalen Brown, like, Jason Tatum had around 26 points last night, but it was a very quiet 26 points. But mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's 24 ish points were a very loud 24. He 27. 27. He, he was, it was just impactful. It's just, it just kind of the way he attacked uh, the Warriors last night, it kind of it rocked them. And I got to give props to what Jalen Brown did because with, without him, Boston probably does not win last night.
0: Oh, no, for sure. And To to Jalen Brown's credit, he drops 17 on six of nine shooting nice in the first quarter alone. So it's one of those situations where it's like, all right, dude, we know Jalen Brown is going to get hot in the first quarter. What do we do to to basically not shut him down, but slow him down? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but every single first quarter of this series so far, Jalen Brown has been the guy. He has been, and then Jason Tatum takes over toward the end. So if you can just find a way to slow him down, instead of giving him 17, give him 10 while also limiting Jason Tatum to only two shots, two shots in the first quarter. I think that'll be a solid, solid game plan. That's just me though. And, you know, the Warriors and their coaching staff, they make a lot more money than I do to figure this out, but I'm just spitballing here and I'm sure they know this but maybe try and slow down Jalen Brown because he's doing a lot of damage and I think that's kind of like important to slow the Celtics down
1: if the Warriors are going to win this series and I believe they will they're going to they're gonna have to win from their jump shooting because they can't win it down in the paint it's the most surprising see- thing in this series so far I completely underestimated their you know Boston's bigs their size I didn't really think it was going to be a factor once again but you know what the Warriors need to do, you know, you, you just got to slow their their other prime perimeter players down, which means, yes, I do agree. That means the Warriors have got to figure out how to slow Jalen Brown down and let and limit Jason Tatum's production because it's, you know, they already have one advantage already. And you, like, but the Warriors, at the end of the day, they have Steph and Clay and, you know, the Splash Brothers. So if if anyone that can figure this out, it's the Golden State Warriors at the, as of this moment.
0: Right. And I'm not going to throw too much into it, but the Warriors had 23 fouls and the Celtics had 17. In a game reffed by Scott Foster and we all know Scott Foster's infamous history when it comes to refing specific basketball games. I think he's 13 and 0 whenever he's reffing. No, the Boston Celtics are 13 and 0 whenever he's reffing one of their games or something like that. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to to, you know, put Put fuel on like a, a a small fire, but I'm just saying that is a thing. But at any rate, that's that's neither here nor there. But yeah, so anyone else from the Celtics stand out for you?
1: Honestly, I have to give credit. Give credit. It's just Boston's bigs. They're they're one collective effort. Yeah. They don't they don't like they don't give you like twenty a night, but they 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 give you like a bunch of sevens, you know, eights maybe a little bit of a fives and it it just accumulates into this one big collective effort. And it kind of, it just, it eventually affects the game. And that's what we've been seeing in the series so far. So it's, it's something like, I don't know. I, I honestly don't think Golden State really has an answer for because they just lack the size down in the paint. They just do. Especially with Draymond, Draymond's gone. Draymond's gone. He's useless. All right.
0: Yeah, Well, I wouldn't say he's useless, but he's been very ineffective uh, Yes. on the flip side, on the Warriors side. Did anything at least positive stand out? I know we talked about Clay, him having his best game. Was there anything else that kind of stood out to you about the Warriors play that made you feel kind of optimistic for their chances for game four?
1: I mean, obviously, Stephen Curry. I mean, Stephen Curry was incredibly clutch in that third quarter. I got that was that was complete prime. Stephen Curry, we just saw in the third quarter. When that third quarter happened, I thought, oh, Golden State's going to turn this around. Then the fourth they quarter They almost happened. did. Yeah, they almost did. Um, uh, honestly, you get. I will give credit to Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is doing his job. I I wanted to see more from Jordan Poole last night, and I, we didn't really get that. It, it, it was like, what happened?
0: He reverted back to game one Jordan Poole.
1: Yeah, that's basically the occurrence there. So like Steve Kerr has a lot of like a lot on his plate right now so I'm I'm not really envious of him at all Overall I think this series is going to 7 games. We're going to 7. We're going to 7.
0: All right, we're going to 7. So with that in mind, I just wanted to uh to to ask you what are what do you think are the odds that this goes 3-1 after game 4 and what do you think are the odds that it becomes 2-2? After game four.
1: I think it's a 75% chance that this series goes 2 two. I think this Warriors team is simply too experienced. Boston is simply too raw to, to completely double down under advantages because they're such a young team. And we know young teams in these high pressure situations. They normally fold. So mm-hmm. I think, I think game four is going to be another close game, but I think the Warriors will punch out a 5 to 7 point victory on Friday night.
0: 5 to 7 point victory. Yes, a
1: 5 to 7 point uh victory on Friday night. It's going to be close throughout the game, but I think the Warriors figure out somehow in the second half and they pull through.
0: Okay, 5 to 7 point victory. Obviously, I'm going to have the Warriors taking game 4 and it's going to be again the third quarter like it's I don't know how to explain this. I don't think anyone can explain this, but the third quarter is that quarter for the Warriors. Bread and butter. Yeah. Like they should do like a like a peer-reviewed study or something about why it is what about the third quarter makes the, the Warriors so effective. Because in every game we've seen, quite honestly, it should be two one to the Warriors. Because had they not fumbled the bag in game one because of that third quarter explosion that they had like this is very easily to one like no doubt
1: it could do it could be with the fact that, that there's such a jump shooting team jump shooting team and like you know jump shooting teams have they go on hot streaks and i guess i guess i guess halftime pep talks do a lot to you and that's why they come out so hot
0: i <laughs> you know that's the best way to describe it. just no it just happens i guess pep talks jump shooting whatever it is it's just it happens so but yeah, no, I'm going to say the Warriors get uh, they're going to win in a blowout game four. It's going to be, again, a patented third quarter run that decimates the Celtics hopes and dreams. And then I'm hoping that because of that third quarter decimation, the, uh, the Celtics lose all hope of playing again, and then they lose game five and six, and then the Warriors take from the championship. So
1: I don't see the series going out that way. I, 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 there, I think Warriors win game four. Um, they're going to go back home. They're going to steal one. I shouldn't really say steal. They're going to win game five, but Boston's going to, they're going to go home motivated for game six. They're going to win that, but Golden state with all the experience in the world closes out the series in seven, 10 point win.
0: The only reason why I'm afraid of a, of a game seven is because if I remember correctly, the last game seven, the Warriors had was against the 2016 LeBron James-led Cleveland Cavaliers. And we all know how that turned out. NBA history. Yes. In the worst way possible, at least for me. For everyone else, it probably would have been great. But, yeah, there's a reason if you look at that that banner right there, it says 2015, missing 2016. Yes. So, I mean, let's just hope for the best. Being very optimistic... It ends in 6. But you know, it could be 7 like you said. But um some uh some quick hitters here before wrapping things up. So I don't know if you recall correctly where the um where the incident was where Al Horford dove into Stephen Curry's legs. Do you, do you remember what quarter that was? It's escaping me for the life of me. So um whatever quarter that was, if you just if you remember just shout it out, but Whatever quarter that was, um, people were obviously saying like, "Oh man, that's a dirty play. That's a dirty play." Well, it's a it's a good thing that even though it looked dirty, it wasn't too severe because, according to Bleacher and a bunch of other news outlets, uh, Curry avoided major injury after you know, like I said, Al Horford landed on his left foot or dove into his left foot. So the Warriors are optimistic he'll play in Game Four, and it's very interesting that this happened because the Celtics have a. Uh, have a strange history with diving into Curry's lower extremities, because on March 17th, uh, Marcus Smart did the same thing, diving for a loose ball. And that caused Curry to be out for like a few weeks, maybe even a month because he dove into his ankles. So any quick thoughts on that? Just, you know, just trying to.
1: Not, not extreme, but Boston, in my opinion, has a history of dirty plays. It's just, it's just, I don't know, could be the Celtics culture. I mean, as far as about like twenty fifteen ish, when one of their players, you know, broke Kevin Love's arm, literally.
0: Yeah, pulled it out, Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, he. Yeah, Kelly like, Olynyk. It was yeah, like right.
1: What the. F-? So it's like this is this is like this is typical Boston. They they're 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 you know scrappy. Let's just say
0: scrappy. Yes. Quotation marks scrappy.
1: Historically too, you know. Kurt Ram is getting clotheslined in like the 84. Finals. Yeah,
0: I think that's when people say, oh, you know, players today can't hang with the players of the 80s. I think that's the main thing that they pay attention to is like Kurt Ram is getting clotheslined by what Kevin McHale, I think, on that fast yeah. break layup. Yes. So who knows, right? If people are diving into their legs, I think that's, pr- that's almost as bad as getting clotheslined. Yeah. But to be fair, I've never been clotheslined. So, and I don't plan on getting clotheslined. I don't, like, I feel like that's a really iffy situation to find yourself in
1: yes not not fun not fun for anyone
0: you've been closed on before
1: no no okay. i don't want to i, I <laughs> if i've watched enough wrestling shows it's 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 never good
0: yeah no especially if you're running full speed you're kind of getting up in the air and then all of a sudden this flying like forearm just comes out of nowhere and like oh decks you <laughs> yeah right decks you in the face but hopefully that doesn't happen in this series but knowing draymond something like that might happen but um at any rate we got we got the warriors winning game four you have the Warriors winning in seven i got the Warriors winning in six so yes any last things to uh to say before we wrap things up
1: good luck to the warriors just good luck good luck i hope you figure it out
0: me too i will echo that sentiment good luck to the warriors as you as the viewers can probably tell good luck to the warriors and uh Fingers crossed, knock on wood, everything good goes the warrior's way or else I'm going to be very sad for like the next two weeks. But at any rate, if you don't want to make us sad, don't forget to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks Podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter, at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram, and at The Shooting Bricks Podcast on YouTube for all the news and the video of this episode of The Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo.
1: I'm Daniel Nguyen. Everyone, don't forget to watch For All mankind this Week and a new boys episode this Friday. But
0: yeah. And joining us in spirit, it's your boy, Relly Rel, Jarrell Sales. And we will see you guys next time.